Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Scarpins Avenue. Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. First of all, I just want to pardon the audio quality. You know, we're still trying to figure out just how to do this at the best level of quality at a time when I didn't have, I didn't plan to not have access to a great microphone, et cetera, et cetera. I hope everybody is out there feeling okay today. Um, I feel okay. Is this a high enough bar, right? And when we, you know, feeling great, it's like, chill out, chill out, okay? Chill out. Great is, you know, you're going to make me feel like I'm not doing what I need to be doing. Okay is solid. If you can work up and muster up like, I'm feeling okay today, thumbs up, bro. You did that. Um... So I also feel like there's just a, um, there's a lot of, I'm sitting outside by the way, so you're hearing a hawk. Um, there's a lot of just things that we're trying to figure out about ourselves right now and, you know, about the world and it's just so much uncertainty. But what you can be certain of is that I am going to continue to do my best to bring you new episodes of Small Doses every week. And what I'm hoping to start Next week is giving you also small doses available on YouTube. So for all my listeners who want to see as well as listen to small doses, um, you know, you'll be able to do that as well and, um, you know, get a chance to see, if not the whole episode, because I'm not completely sure if I, I want to just put up a portion of the whole thing, but at the very least, you'll be able to get to see just some of the interactions between me and my dope guests and even when I'm by myself. So working on that. Um, want to remind you all that my book, Small Doses, is available on Audible as well. So for those of you especially who can't get shipments right now, um, because as I'm recording this, I heard that Amazon just walked out, uh, you can get the Audible version of the book. And um, also want to point out that my web series, Get Your Life, that I did in 2015, okay? I did this web series in 2015, and I had decided that I wanted to start posting it again. And then this whole thing happened and it was like, well, I guess now you got time. So I started posting Get Your Life. And when I posted season one on my Instagram and I just posted it on my YouTube and I will be posting season two, season two was only on Blavity, on Blavity.com. And it was only on there for a short time. So a lot of people have not seen season two. So I will be debuting season two of Get Your Life uh, next week. So looking forward to that. So make sure you check that out and share it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's something that I did. It's a scripted series uh, about a, 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 com- a comedian ta-da, named Amanda. Ta-da. <laughs> but it's so fascinating to watch because I've had so many people in there that have continued to rise. So, I mean, you got Issa in there, Yvonne Orji. We got T- uh, Tiffany Haddish is in there, Godfrey, Lil Rel. Um, who else made appearances in my web series? Um, Cree Summer. I mean, she was already Cree Summer. But... So it's just been really cool to revisit it and see how many of us, you know, are, are doing the damn thing and elevating. And and uh, I felt really good just that I had committed to doing not just one, but two seasons of that. And just a, a delayed shout out to everybody who donated uh, back when we did a crowdfund for season two. Thank you. This episode is Side Effects of Traveling Alone. Before I came back uh, to the States in the midst of all this madness, I was in Belize. I was in Belize by myself, and it was the first time that I had ever traveled to a new place by myself. Now, I have traveled to um, Grenada by myself several times. Even when I'm not staying with family, it's still a place that's familiar. So I think there is a different uniqueness in in 
doing that than going to some place that you've never been before by yourself. And I got to tell y'all, I felt like it was necessary to do a whole episode about it because it was very um, eye-opening for me in many ways. And I especially want to talk to people who are scared to go and the reasons why you're scared to go. Because that, I think, is what really is the crux of it. It's like traveling by yourself is kind of this like thing in the sky for a lot of people that's like, well, for some people, they're just like, I don't want to do that because it's not my thing. It's just not my jam. I get it. But then there's a lot of people who who consider like, I, I, would, I would like to do that, but I just, ah, I don't know. I just like, I can't really put the pieces together in my head to make it make sense. And so I wanted to do this episode for y'all. So let's get into it. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. Today's jam drop is solo versus solitude. Now, I know that sounds kind of similar to lonely versus alone, but I'll explain. So traveling solo, you know, is it's just you. It's by yourself. Um, but there's always going to be people around, right? There's always going to be people around. So you'll see people who will like backpack through, uh, you know, Europe or whatever. And they head it off by themselves. But they kind of link up with different people. And they live with different people. They may go to hostels, et cetera, et cetera. But for the most part, they're not really... Um, they're not really in solitude. They're just a solo person. Like when they, when they go into an immigration port, they check off like I'm not traveling with anyone else. Solitude is the space of being one. And I think that the two are very important to designate in terms of when someone is considering traveling alone. Because I've seen people who are like, oh, I'm traveling solo. But their thought process is, I'm not going to have any, like, hanger-oners to go and link up and, do, and meet with, like, and meet new people. And, you know, like, they just have to consider themselves. And that is a different pursuance than traveling by yourself in pursuit of solitude, in pursuit of alone time, in pursuit of enjoying the silence. See, when you travel solo, like, that can simply just mean, like, I'm going by myself, but you still have all these other voices that are coming into your space and that are, you know, you're involving yourself in and, and you're, 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 and even when you're in solitude, like, you're still going to end up bumping up against humans unless you, like, make it a point to go to a completely remote location, right? But the difference is when you're traveling for the purpose of solitude, you, you make it your purpose, you schedule, you consider, you prioritize the time alone. And you don't fill it with other. You consider it to be an essential part of the trip you've taken. It's literally a, a <laughs> it is a vacation from other. It's a vacation from the constant processing that you do in being in space with other people. You naturally do it. Especially if you're a considerate person, you naturally do it. Oh, look, a butterfly. Oh, wow. You naturally do it. And I feel like a lot of us are afraid of solitude. We're afraid of what we might bump up against in terms of ourselves. If we are left alone long enough to have to deal with ourselves. Solitude also can also, you know, it just can bring up the past. And if you're not far enough away from a, a past um, trauma, it can also, it can, it can make you relive it. It can, it can, it can, it can also reveal anxieties. And so some of us are like, well, we don't want to leave opportunity for that to happen. And that's fair. Listen, that's fair. For me, it wasn't going to be enough to just go solo. I needed to go in pursuit of solitude. And 
I needed to go in pursuit of myself. And I think that's really the difference. It's really the difference. Like traveling solo is going in search of an experience uh, by yourself. Traveling in solitude is going in search of an experience within yourself. All right, let's get into some DMTs. First question. Do you think folk should continue to travel alone even when in relationships or married? Well, you know what? I think this speaks to a couple different things, right? It's it's really about like what is the goal of your travel? Um, and... I definitely feel like there's a certain level of, like, if you just traveling solo to go and see what happens um, and adventure, I think that that kind of has to be a little checked because, listen, like, you're not just responsible for yourself anymore. And the truth of the matter is, like, somebody at home is relying on you and, and, is, and is tied to you. And so you can't be as just, like, out here in the world with it. Just out here in the world with it. You know, because some folks just be like, yo... I'm out here. I'm not home. I ain't even from here. I'm doing what I want to do. And it's like, yeah, but, like, you got to come home. So, like, chill. Now, on the solitude side of things, mm, I do think, honestly, I think that's an essential part of keeping, like, (laughs) your marriage and, and relationships together. I think traveling, having certain levels of, like, like, it's like a personal retreat, um, for yourself, I think that is something that's very helpful. And I think it's something that can enrich the relationship that you're coming back to. You know, like so many of us just, we don't even get the chance to like deal with us. I'm a, I'm just becoming such a, I guess I always was, but it just be seeming like if we really just cared or learned more about ourselves and our triggers, et cetera, we wouldn't, ex- we wouldn't be so fucking reckless with how we exist in the world and having other people have to care about our triggers and shit. Because that's what ends up being so much energy that we spend, right? We spend so much energy in having to manage other people's triggers who are not managing their own triggers. And then you end up triggering your triggers and now it's Trigger Fest 2000. Now that's what I call triggers. Like, I can't. I can't. It's a mixtape of trigger tree. And it's like, you need time by yourself to work on that. Even if you have a therapist, even if you're doing Reiki, even if you're doing all that shit, you still need time to process it. You still need time to take to, to, to do that. And you know what? Like, I was talking to somebody the other day. I was talking to a dude that I'd be talking to, and he was telling me about just kind of like, you know, like stuff that he's working through. Um, but I was like, yeah, but the work that you're doing is so surface. Like, simply just acknowledging it. Like, remember, you know, we always hear, like, well, first you have to acknowledge it. You know, that's the first step to change. And it's like, yeah. But a lot of folks stop at that step. Like, it's not the Tootsie Roll if you just go to the left. Like, it's not. You got to go to the right, to the right. Then you got to go to the front, to the front. Then you got to go to the back, to the back. Then you got to slide, slide, baby, slide. And then you got to do that all over again and dip, baby, dip. Dip, baby, dip. That's what change has to look like. Change has to look like a full commitment to the instructions of the Tootsie Roll in order for it to be actual change. And a lot of motherfuckers just be trying to go to the left, to the left, and then do one little knee dip to the right and think that they're going to actually, like, see some change in themselves. Are you crazy? That's not, it's not going to happen. It's not, it doesn't work that way. Especially if you're older. Like I said on the Breakfast Club one time that, like, I'm granite, I'm not clay. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, and what that means is, like, you know when you leave clay out, it hardens. It hardens, and over time, it becomes rock. And you can't mold it the same way. And so there's got to be something that breaks it down. Oh, my God, a cardinal. There's got to be something that, that breaks it down and makes it soluble and makes it able to, to be moved again. You know, and it's like you got to pour some water on that bitch. You got to be massaging it and bringing heat into it. And, and what I, the, the, the purpose of this metaphor is to say that you can't just casually work on change. It has to be a full immersion. And sometimes you need to get away by yourself to even begin that. 
Now, you might be able to come back into your life and still now have those practices and work them into your life, but sometimes it takes you completely disconnecting for a second to really apply those things. And it can be very different. It can be very hard for, for your partner to understand that, actually. I got to tell you that. It can be very, very hard, especially if you don't know how to properly explain it. See, I, I was seeing somebody one time, and this nigga told me that he was going to go on a two-week juice fast. He was not going to talk to nobody. And I tried to make myself okay with it, but I just wasn't okay with it. And in hindsight, I realized that I wasn't okay with it because he never, like, gave me the tools to be okay with it. And I think if I'm even being fair, I didn't have enough security in myself to be okay with it, right? Because the security in myself would have been like, well, if the nigga leave for two weeks and he don't come back, that's fine too. (laughs) That's fine too. Um, In hindsight, he turned out to be trash anyway. But the point is that sometimes you do got to step away. And in order to apply change, like what the Tootsie Roll looks like in in actuality, the Tootsie Roll of change, (laughs) what the Tootsie Roll of change looks like in actuality, in my opinion, is that you have to be affirming on a number of levels. You have to be affirming internally, like speaking to yourself. You've got to be affirming through writing. You've got to be affirming through listening. So maybe there's like some sort of book that you're listening to or, or, or music or chanting that you're listening to. You know, you got to be affirming physically with, you know, what you're, what you're um, putting in your body. And you got to be affirming verbally. You got to be talking about it, yo. You got to be talking about it. If you're not doing all that affirming, you ain't really about that change life, B. You just going to the left, to the left. So to answer your question, yes, I do think that there are some changes and shifts that have to be made about traveling by yourself if you are in a relationship. I think a lot of that has to do with communication and honesty at the end of the day. Next question. How do you manage the cost of food, where you're staying, activities, etc. when you're traveling alone? I mean, you would manage it as you would any. I think it's honestly easier. I think it's easier to manage because you're really going off of just your meter and your metric. You know, you're traveling with somebody else, especially if they have like, you know, differences. You know, they they may be like, I'm in the mood for a filet mignon tonight. And you're like, but we ain't got filet mignon money. And then they might feel some type of way. Or they may be like, well, I have filet mignon money. Maybe you don't have filet mignon. Yeah, 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 yeah. And by the way, if that type of shit happens, like, don't travel with that person again. But I think it's it's easier because you're not having to base your choice on somebody else's meter. And a meter is, like, their likes and dislikes. I remember I had been asked on a date by this dude. And the first half of the date, um, we went to a museum and then we got hungry. So then he was like, well, um, let's go to this spot. And I was like, I was like, well, let me just see what, what, the, what it's like. And he was like, nah, let's test my meter. I was like, what you mean? He's like, nah, you're going to test my meter. Because by going to this place, you're going to see, like, what do I think is good? And that's going to let you know if we on the same meter in terms of what's good. And I was like, oh, you're right. Now, he ended up being trash, too, as a partner. He's actually a good homeboy. We have become friends. But as a partner, Lord, he tested my motherfucking meter. (laughs) So, yeah, you don't have to worry about someone else's meter or someone else's finances or anything. I think, yo, at the end of the day, like when you travel by yourself, that's what ultimately ends up being the best part of it is that you are in full control of the situation. And if you're someone like me who has some perfectionist shit about them and who likes to feel certainty and likes to feel a certain semblance of control. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I've learned to be more flexible and I've learned to work in a group, et cetera. But it is sometimes just nice to not have to consult. It is sometimes just nice to not have to consult and be like, you know what? I want to do this. And so I'm going to do this. Next question. My biggest concern is always my safety. Not that I'm any more safe with other people, but when I'm alone, what are some precautions and measures that you take personally? I mean, first of all, you you do need to know like your street sense. Some of y'all don't got no street sense, y'all. Some of y'all don't got no common sense, but you listen to this podcast because you're trying to get that because I'm a common sense specialist um, for the most part. When it comes to hood niggas, I am not. And that's something I am admitting freely and willfully to all who will listen. But I think that when you're traveling alone, 
you got to know your level of, of street smarts and street sense because you're going into spaces that are, for the most part, like uncertain, unless you know somebody that's been there before and they can give you the drop on like what's up and what's down. Unless you've like, you know, been able to read reviews on a certain place, et cetera. For the most part, even if you have all that information, it's still a new experience for you. It's still happening at a new time than when these other people went. So anything can happen. So you got to have a certain level of awareness of like, what's my level of street smarts? Like, for instance, like I don't have the level of street smarts to trust me traveling alone to Afghanistan, you know, because... I don't have the I don't have the language under my belt. I don't necessarily know the lay of the land enough to be able to read signs of danger. Um, and I think, for what it's worth, I'm I'm a bit too Americanized to be able to go there by myself and not slip up in a way that could get me into real trouble. Like I need to go there with somebody who can keep my Americanness in check. <laughs> on a on a on a regular basis so that I don't offend or disrupt or disturb in a way that could be like you know detrimental um because you know a place like Afghanistan in certain especially in certain spaces is very fundamentally different than the place that I inhabit that I come from right in America um whereas like some place like Paris I can go to Paris alone because I feel like I have a certain level of street smarts to be able to read what's going on in Paris because of having lived in New York. You know, like I have a certain level of street smarts for cities of that type of city because of living so many years in New York. Um, I think it's just also just listening to your, you got to listen to your fear sometimes because it's not necessarily fear as much as it's um, caution. And caution is, is, is a safety net for you sometimes, right? Like caution says, hey, cuidado, like just raising a flag. And that can save you on so many occasions. Like the idea of just stopping and taking stock and being like, mm, caution is your gut, like raising an alarm. And a lot of times, like, you know, we don't listen to that when we're home. But when you're out by yourself traveling, your gut is your best friend, your gut. Like, mm, this doesn't seem like the right place. Listen to that. Mm, I'm not sure if I like this driver. Get out the car. Mm, this hotel seems shifty. Leave. There's bed bugs. You see what I'm saying? Like, just listen to it. And, and sometimes we're like, but I don't have the money to listen to it. Figure it out. Figure it out, figure out a way to shift, you know. Um, I would say, like, let's say I'm in a hotel and it feels, like, kind of seedy. Um, I would be like, okay, if I don't have the money to go to a different hotel, I would try and consider, well, what would be the safest room to stay in in this kind of hotel? Would staying in the ground floor room be the safest or would be staying in the highest room be the safest? Um you know, like I would make a point of making sure that I check in with my people at home or with the front desk every time I come in and every time I leave. You know, things like this. Like I would try and create safety systems. Um, and then the other part of it, though, is that sometimes you literally just can't get around it and you just have to keep your eye open, be, alert, be sharp and alert. You know, sometimes you're going to have to get in a car with someone you don't know, whether it's the driver from the hotel, you know, whether it's a Lyft driver, et cetera. And you just have to make sure that you try, I, I try and keep some type of mace or some type of, you know, Swiss army knife on me. Try and always make sure that you're keeping your eyes open and alert and oriented and the door is unlocked and, you know, and that you're dressed in a certain way. And I know somebody's like, no, it's not about how we dress. Listen, Listen here. here, if you're traveling by yourself, just overcompensate for the fuckery of the world. Okay. I know that we shouldn't have to dress a certain way to not get raped. I know that. I know that we shouldn't have to dress a certain way to not let men think that they can talk to us and grope us. I know that. We all know that. However, the fuckery of the world really still exists. And when you're traveling by yourself, you want the path of least resistance. Okay? So certain precautions, just take them so that you can just have the path of least resistance in certain areas. Next question. 
DMT question, what do people say to you that is really annoying when they find out you travel alone? Hmm, what's really annoying? I think people, especially like as a woman, specifically people think like, oh, you're traveling alone because you don't have a man and that you would be happier. It Like, oh, don't you wish you had a company or... Um, you know, like, oh, you, or, or some people are shady or nasty, you know, and they're like, oh, I guess you're traveling alone because you can find nobody to travel with you. And you're just like, like, why is that the first thought? I mean, I think that the idea of like women traveling alone is definitely so foreign to many people just because of the concept of safety. And I get that. But to think that a woman is traveling alone simply because she can't find somebody or because there isn't a man to travel with her, you know, is really just archaic and it's not a valid thought process at this point. And the truth of the matter is, I know plenty of women who have men who still, you know, like I said earlier, will travel alone for their own personal, like, you know, um, mental health, you know, and, and they're, you know, just taking time to be with self and to grow with self. So that is irritating to me. Um, and I won't say like gets me like mad or anything, but it's always just like, man, like we're still there, huh? We're still there. We're still there. But I don't let it dissuade me. And, um, you know, again, like Belize was the first place that I went to uh, by myself that was a new place. But I've absolutely traveled by myself to, well, I travel by myself all the time when I'm doing shows. And um, I travel by myself when I go to Grenada all the time. So it's really not like a weird thing to me, but it's still weird to other people. I think I just got a mosquito bite like on my face. That's egregious. Just saying. And there's a lizard that's been hanging out with me in this little pool for like hours. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. Next question. How do you overcome the fear of traveling alone? I watch way too many Criminal Minds episodes. <laughs> I mean, I talked about this earlier, just about safety and about listening to your intuition, et cetera, and just really trying to make sure that you've set yourself up with as much information and knowledge as you can before you go into a new place. And I think that's really how you overcome certain fears of like, you know, something like bad happening um, is by literally just like arming yourself with. Um, just as much information as you can about the surroundings, about where you're going to, uh, you know, if you're able to have like, you know, a contact there, like, especially if you know somebody that knows somebody, like being able to have a contact there that, that you can trust. Um, like when, whenever you see like people that are filming in like new places and they may not necessarily be from that place, but they're doing documentaries, they always have what's called like a fixer or somebody who is very acclimated to the surroundings and can definitely like help them and be not just like a tour guide, but more so like a a life guide in that in that in that city or in that town or in that country, etc. And those people are are very available. So I mean there's also the the idea of being able to like connect yourself with someone like that so that you feel like you are not only armed with the information that you have, but that you also are protected by like, the information that they have. And you want to make sure that it's a trusted source, you know, that they have references, referrals, you know, and that they are especially that they are associated with um something that exists for real. And it's not just like, oh yeah, my homeboy's cousin. Cause you never know. Like your homeboy's cousin could actually be shady boots, shady boots. And you didn't even know. Right? right. Exactly. exactly. Let's get into people I like. Yeah. Um, so she's actually been on the show before. Her name is Demetria Lucas, and she did side effects of travel. And I like Demetria for many reasons. I love Demetria. She's one of my very good friends. But she is really such an inspiration to me when it comes to traveling by herself because she really just has such a tenacity about it. And she really is just very empowering about it and how she teaches and uses her platform to encourage women to do so as well. She calls. She always has a hashtag, see some world. And... She goes to different places and she takes beautiful pictures and she goes to places that I feel like a lot of folks maybe feel like they can't go to like Istanbul or Mexico City. And when I say can't go to, I don't mean that they can't take a flight, you know, but that may seem like foreign in a way that they feel like they can't maybe wrap their heads around. When I say people, let me just be specific. I think a lot of black women oftentimes like create limitations for ourselves in, per in terms of like places where we can go and feel safe or feel loved or feel accepted. And I think what I love about what Demetria does when she travels is that she finds a way to even find interest in the smallest things. Like she 
Um, she'll tell you that when she went through her divorce, she basically just traveled the world taking pictures of doors, you know? And I like to think it was because she was opening doors into a new place in her life. But she just became fascinated with doors. And so whenever she's traveling, she always takes pictures of doors. And you might think, like, well, doors? Why the fuck is she taking pictures? Why is she taking pictures of doors? Um, but what could be your doors, you know? And I think that's the interesting thing. Like, for me, I... I think that there's like, I love taking pictures of animals, you know, I love taking pictures of flowers for my mom, wherever I'm at, like I always try and take notice of different flowers to take pictures of for my mom. And I think a lot of people when they're traveling, like they're only thinking big or they're only thinking like, well, I got to get a picture on this monument, et cetera, et cetera. But it can be fun to find like, what is that little thing that is unique in these places that you can... I guess I like I've lost my vocabulary in quarantine. Um, that you can, I guess I don't know that you can gather for yourself. I, I feel like I I'm definitely lacking in words, and I'm gonna take a picture of this lizard. Hi, lizard. <laughs> and so, Demetria to me really helps to just expand our minds in terms of where we can go, what we can do. Um, when we go to these places and she really does a lot, um, to make sure that she experiences just a lot of different experiences in these places. Like, you know, I mean, her, her photos in Istanbul were just incredible and you're seeing her drinking tea and you're seeing her eating dinner, but you're also seeing her like looking at hot air balloons. And I'm like, I didn't even know that Istanbul be popping with hot air balloons. So She's somebody to me that has inspired me to want to travel more by myself, to feel like I, that the world is my oyster and that, um, you know, it really is just for the taking in terms of experiences. And as, and this is something I've always known, but Demetria, I feel like, has, has helped to expand it even more. She has really just once again driven home the importance of like, when you see other experiences and you see other places in the world, the way it can enrich you, the way that it can empower you, the way that it can just enliven your senses. Um, and I tell you what, when this quarantine is done, I need everybody to get a passport and enliven their senses and do a hashtag see some world because I think now more than ever, we start to respect how important it is to have other perspectives and to get out of our own little space because when you're trapped in it, it feels very different. You can check out uh, Demetria's podcast, Ratchet and Respectable. So make sure you check that out. And also you can follow her on Instagram and check out her hashtag, See Some World. That, that one, one time. time. <laughs> My trip to Belize was more than just like me wanting to see Belize. Mentally, I've been going through a lot and emotionally, and I was actually at Anderson Pack's birthday party. It was a 70s themed birthday party. Shout out to Andy. And I ran into King Batch and King Batch, you know, was a Vine star and he's an actor and he's just also just like a good person. I really am. I really love me some Batch. And what I love about Batch is also is that like every time I see him, we cannot see each other forever. But when we see each other, we, you know, we always pick up where we left off. And he just has like an an insight, a knack. And um, Batch was like, are you happy? And I said, no, I'm not. And he was like, I feel like you're working a lot. And I'm like, yeah, but it's like, you know, we've, we've literally worked our our lives to get the opportunity to work a lot like in this field right so I when when someone says that to me it's like I feel like I can't balk at that I have to be happy that I'm working a lot he was like don't get me wrong I hear you but he was like there becomes a point where especially the amount of output that we're giving there comes a point where we have to make time to not be working in order to make our work work for us. And I realized when he said that, that I didn't even know the last time I did something that wasn't work-related. Even when I go to Grenada, I'm still taking photos and doing things with the concept of, like, I'm still working. Even though I'm in Grenada, like, I'm still reachable. Like, everybody's asking me questions, like, business-wise, et cetera, et cetera. So 
that notion really was like, Dan, like he's right. And I think the other part of it too that hit me was that in two years I had not left the country. The last time I left the country outside of Grenada, which Grenada, I, again, Grenada is leaving the country, but it's going home and it's, it's still not seeing anything new. Let's say that. And yes, I went to my husband on Insecure's, uh, I went to his wedding in Mexico, but we went there for two days and we were just at a resort and that was it. And it was raining the whole time. And then I went to Just for Laughs in Montreal. But again, I'd been there before, so it wasn't necessarily like a new experience. I really feel like I got a mosquito bite on my face. I started to realize like, I'm like trapped in my head and I haven't like seen anything new to get me out of it. And this as an artist and creative, like that actually is like very important for someone like me. And it's very necessary for me to let myself and my imagination continue to flourish. And I, um, I, I realized that the last time I had went out of the country and seen something like new was in October of 2018 when I went to Cuba. And prior to that, maybe like a month and a half earlier, I went to Togo and Ghana. So I had had like all this enrichment, right? And then spent two years just in Hollywood. And it was getting to me. It had, it had gotten to me completely, like just in a very dark way. And when he said that to me, it really resonated. It really res- resonated. And I, I made a point, like literally like sitting there, like, you know what, I... I got to do that. I got to fix that. And so I told my assistant um, that I was going to go on a vacation, like a real vacation. She's like, a real vacation? Because we, we, I've never taken a real vacation where I'm like offline and people are not hitting me up and asking me questions about work where I actually put on a vacation notice. I ain't never put on no vacation notice like that. So I just decided like, I want to go to Belize, figure it out. And I'm very fortunate to have an incredible assistant, Jana, who just takes joy in like figuring shit out when I put something in front of her she will figure it out and when I tell y'all Jenna figured that shit out and I stayed at two different places and um, I stayed at one place called Ray Key and another place called the Naya Resort and what's funny is like when I told Jenna like okay um, she, I was so confident about like I'm gonna go to Belize figure it out like she just assumed that I had been there before <laughs> because I was like, no, I'm just going. She was like, wait a minute, but you're go- like, you're just going to go. I'm like, I'm going. I'm out. And even I was like a little bit like, oh shit, like you're really about to just like go off on this adventure because Belize is a place where like you can't, for, for the most part, you have to take two stops. So like you fly into Belize city and then you take like a puddle jumper, which is like a small plane to another um, city. So some people go to San Pedro. I went to Placencia. And then from Placencia, I took a boat an hour away from the mainland to Ray Key, which is like a key the size of this damn uh, mini pool. And I, I got to tell y'all, like, from the second I, l- like, landed in Belize, I started to feel different because I was going for the intentive, for the intentional purpose of solitude. And we talked about that earlier about traveling solo versus traveling for solitude. And I was going on this trip to get back in touch with myself. I was going on this trip to feast my eyes on beauty with no limitations. Um, and when I say limitations, just without having to, you know, avert my glance because someone is with me and um, they maybe want to go do something else or maybe they say something, et cetera. Like, I just wanted to be able to take all of this in, in my own time and in my own space and with my own reasoning. And it was everything I could have asked for. Now, I think it's important also to note, though, like, everyone travels differently, right? Like, some people, it's like, they travel for the purpose of, like, they just want to see different places. And so they don't care, like, what hotel they stay in. They don't care, like, what food they eat. They just want to be out there. Like, my friend Janice, that's my other people I like. My homegirl Janice. My homegirl Janice is a traveling fool. That is my sister. And she has been so many places over all over the world. And she really is just somebody who loves food and she loves to see the world. And she is able to just, like, go anywhere and enjoy it. 
anywhere. She can make anywhere in this world enjoyable. And she don't need a lot of money to do it. She don't need a lot of people to do it. She don't need a lot of activities to do it. She's just like, I'm just happy to be out in the world and seeing this earth. And it is always just so great and inspiring. I mean, whether she's in Petra, you know, or she's in Ireland. Yo, this girl went to Ireland for um, for dinner once because she works for the airlines. And she was able to just go to Ireland for dinner. I was like, you better go out of the control. Um, on these people's buddy pass. <laughs> but when I went um, to Belize, like my, I like to travel with a certain level of comfort because I don't really get to travel that much. And so when I do, I want to feel comfortable and I want it to feel vacation-y, um, especially when I'm not there like on like adventure time. Like some traveling is adventure, right? Like if you're going to India, I feel like for the most part, like you're going on an adventure, you're going for a life experience. It's a different thing than if you're going to Jamaica, right? So going to Reiki in Belize, um, and I've shared some of these photos on my Instagram, going to Reiki was just an incredible experience. I mean, just to be on this like little old island in the middle of the ocean, just no mainland as far as you you can't see a mainland. You're just surrounded by water. And for a cancer, that was just like, oh my God, I, felt, I was just in heaven. I felt like I was a dolphin, just like, Ugh. that's my dolphin sound. And the sunsets and seeing the birds fly, like it was the peace in myself. It was the peace outward of me that I was looking for within myself. And so it was like this exchange and I just hadn't, I hadn't had time to, to really be in my own space and be in my own mind in a while. And I know a lot of us are afraid to do that. We're afraid to be in our own space and be in our own mind because, you know, we know, we know what's in there and we know it's crazy and it's hectic and facing that can be crazy and hectic. We may not be ready for that. Um, but I was, and I'm, and I'm, I'm on a journey right now that required me to sit and have that alone time. And then they had like this, like this, like slide and a platform and I had to really like soup myself up, soup myself up, soup myself up to go on this slide that would take me like right into the ocean. And then the platform, I was like, all right, face your fears, face your fears, face your fears, because I'm afraid of heights. But I did a front flip and a back flip off that platform because your girl was doing it, doing it well. And, um, but then I swam like hella fast because when I landed in that ocean water, I'm like, I went scuba diving um, with nurse sharks and all these beautiful fish. And then I got to go snorkeling with sea turtles with a big ass loggerhead turtle and stingrays of all different kinds and eagle rays and um, nurse sharks. And so thank you to the people at Reiki because they are so kind. They were so helpful. The third day, my phone broke. The third day, my phone acted up. I FaceTimed somebody. I had no business FaceTiming. And then my phone was like, you're on timeout. And my screen just stopped working. Like, I literally, like, could not use a strip of the screen where I needed to type in a number for my password. And so that was that. I was out of, I was out of gas. Out of gas. Out of gas. And I was trying to be okay with it. But low-key, I was like. <laughs> and then the next day, the manager, I'm sitting on the end of the dock. I mean, trying to like be like, whatever, it's fine, you're on vacation. But in my heart, I'm like, sitting in the morning I'll be sitting to the evening <laughs> And the manager of the resort walks up and she had found like this old phone that was her daughter's phone. And she gave it to me and was like, just pay it forward. And so I was able to have like, a phone in order to be able to communicate, which was thankful because this is when Corona had started to like become a real thing. So I went back to the mainland and I went to this other resort, the Naya Resort. Again, incredible people. I feel like honestly, Belize is this beautiful place. It's, it's not the islands, but it's the sensibility of the islands. It's in Central America, but it feels like you're in Jamaica or Grenada or, you know, it's just this Caribbean um, culture because it was settled by the British, not the Spanish. So you do have like people that are of mestizo um, descendants and that are Mayan and people that have immigrated from neighboring countries, but the culture is a Caribbean culture. So for me, it's like, I felt right at home, but then also again, like there was just these other different flavors coming in. And when we went to the Naya resort, I was on Placencia. So I was in Placencia, so I was on the mainland. And I mean, just 
just getting to see these sunsets of at, at the lagoon and the beach and the people were so kind and remember I like so when when I when my phone wasn't working that meant I didn't have a camera and the um the camera that the manager at the Reiki had given me it wasn't working so then it was like Arr! but this woman who was a manager at uh the Naya resort let me use her EOS camera y'all like her nice fancy ass camera and then, like, I went on this tour of a river, and I met this dope-ass gay couple. Um, they're, like, in their 60s, living it up. They're from New York and Connecticut. And then I went to dinner with them. And I made a point of making sure I went to go see the sunset every night while I was in Naya Resort. And they have, like, a lagoon. So there was a beach, but then there was a lagoon. And the lagoon was, like, a whole other different vibe. And I had to go kayaking because, like, I was offered like the opportunity to like go on this like kayak sunset lagoon tour so y'all i get in the kayak and i'm like why would anyone do this this is so tiring and strenuous i was like about to quit and then we went into some mangroves and i was like oh the beauty the silence the peacefulness was just and I wish I had my own phone because I would have given y'all, I would have taken a video just to show y'all. It was unbelievable. And then I started playing some some jazz, some miles. And it just fit. I started playing um, flamenco sketches and blue and green and um, Dave Brubeck, Stardust. And it was just... Magical, magical, Un, unlike anything I've ever witnessed. And, and that quickly, like the kayaking wasn't strenuous anymore. It didn't bother me anymore. And me just being there with the guide and just the two of us, again, like I was by myself, but I wasn't alone. I mean, I was with him, but you know, I don't know him, but like I wasn't lonely. Like I was just... I, I, when we got back to land, I got a bike. They had bicycles. I got a bike and I rode a bike to the lagoon. And they had built this platform on the river or where you could see the sunset. And I got to tell y'all, I mean, it was just the sky just like opened up before me. And I felt like I saw like a phoenix in the sky. And, and, um, I know that it seems like I'm rambling right now because I'm trying to like relive it as I tell y'all. But the point that I'm making was that I just, it was like I was engorging myself with these beautiful experiences and there was nothing there and no one there to stop me. And I needed that in a way that I, I knew I needed it, but I needed it in a way that I didn't even really understand. And traveling by myself was what allowed me to do that. And to see that and to be in nature and to let that come into me and let me go into me in a way that I just hadn't. And the kindness of the people at the Naya Resort, the kindness of the people of Reiki, the fineness of my tour guide. <laughs> yes, Wilder. Um, all of those things just came together in such a way that made this trip the, one of the greatest trips, maybe the greatest trip I'd ever been on in my entire life. And... It gave me images and when I'm, I try and snapshot images in my head when I'm in places and it gave me so many images to go back to and to reflect on and to uh, remember of that time by myself. And I, I just, I, I cannot tell y'all, some of, some of it was so beautiful. There's just no words. There's just no words. But in that solitude, I found a peacefulness that I was missing and I found a reconnectivity to myself that I needed to. And it only helped to continue to bolster the work that I'm doing on myself in terms of trying to get myself out of codependency, in terms of trying to really own my power, in terms of, you know, really trying to um, really bolster and fortify like my confidence. And I know some of y'all are like, what? You? Yes, me. Yes. And I know sometimes it can feel like, damn, like how? But we all have things that trigger us that are the things that we are insecure about, et cetera. And sometimes all of those things can surface at the same time. They can really knock you off your block. Like, and you got to re-up. 
and come back to the middle. And Belize brought me back to the middle. The last dose. So, yeah, I mean, we are in a quarantine. A lot of this conversation is about, you know, what will happen when we get out of this. But in the meantime, in between time, take this time to explore. Like, where would you want to go if you went by yourself? You know? And it doesn't have to be something drastic in the beginning. I'm not saying you got to go to, like, the Democratic Republic of Congo and study the bonobos. It might be just like, I want to go to Memphis. But... And if you're scared, maybe start small. Maybe start by going somewhere that you can drive to. Maybe start by going somewhere that is, um, you know, familiar, right? Like, again, I started traveling by myself first in Grenada, which is a familiar place, but it's what gave me the bravery and the structure to feel like I can go somewhere else. And every, and you know what I will say also? While I was traveling to Grenada and it was familiar, I would still do unfamiliar things when I would go to, like, push my my sensibilities like I started driving in Grenada and Grenada they drive on the other side of the road and also the road be on some other shit so to start driving in Grenada was its own adventure was its own adventure and last time I was there like I, I got lost and I used to think like you can't get lost in Grenada you can you can um but yeah so you know like challenge yourself in that way and the reason why I say it's so important is because again I cannot stress this enough like you got to take time by yourself especially in this world where we're so interconnected at all times, you got to take time by yourself and make that time enriching and make that time full and use that time to not only look outward, but to look inward. I'll see you next time on Small Doses. In the meantime, in between time, make sure to uh, tell a friend, make sure to follow Smart, Funny, and Black, and make sure to check out the other content that we have going on here at the new Smart, Funny, and Black Entertainment, where we are trying to bring you all content that is all those things by any joke necessary. Star Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.